Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Lynn S., and I am a repulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Today is Monday, September the 13th, 2021. We're continuing our study of the Big Book in the chapter Into Action, page 84, the sixth line, Our Whole Attitude and Outlook reading through two sentences, ending with economic insecurity will leave us. Today's readers are the 12 Steps, Melissa W., 12 Traditions, Carmela G., and readers of the text, Craig F., Nessa R., and Pete B. The reference number for yesterday, Sunday, September 12th, the special edition, 17731. OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Melissa W. to read the 12 steps. Good morning, Melissa. Good morning, Melissa W. Grateful to be recovered in New York. 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these these principles in all our affairs. Thank you for letting me do service. Thank you, Melissa W. And Carmela G. will read the 12 traditions. Welcome, Carmela. Thank you so much, Lynn. Carmela G., recovered compulsive overeater from New York. The 12 traditions. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive eater who still suffers. Six, our OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. I pass. Thank you, Carmela G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we're resuming our study of the big book and the chapter into action. On page 84, we're starting at the sixth line, our whole attitude and outlook, reading two sentences ending with economic insecurity will leave us. And Craig F., would you read for us, please? I sure will. This is Craig F., recovered in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us. 
Um, this, uh, this paragraph does not say that uh, economic insecurity will leave us. It, it doesn't say that we're any more or less likely to uh, have to win the lottery or to uh, have a, a financial failure. What it says is that the fear of that will leave us, that, uh, we're, that we're gonna have a different attitude towards uh, that. You know, that um, my attitude towards that uh, uh, failure was driven uh, by my ego. You know, I, 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 I really don't uh, think that I've ever uh, I realized that if I was to become homeless, that that was based on some choices that I'd make, that the social services that are available to us today, that the friends that I have, that the family that I have, that, um, you know, that's not, that's probably not in the cards. But that doesn't stop me from being, um, uh, you know, uh, from desiring to have uh, have it all, you know, and to have people know that I have it all. And, and, and the, and the reason for that is that this, that my ego says, I want you to think that I am successful. I want you to think that I am, uh, uh, uh financially stable, that I am, uh, you know, that I, that I have planned and taken care. And I haven't, I, I, you know, I, I haven't taken care of myself as well as I should have. I'm, 70 years old, I'm still working, and I'm having to do that because I haven't done that uh, uh, as well as I should. So, um, but the steps have been defined as an ego-reducing redu process. They bring me down to say that I need to be just who I am, that I, I don't have to put on airs, that, that my value as a human being doesn't rest in uh, and, and the size of the birthday present that I can buy you that doesn't rest in in uh, the uh, in the size of the inheritance that I can leave. My value as a human being rests in the, in how well I help other people. My value as a human being rests in in how I, much I have surrendered to the plan of God for my life. Um, you know and. Our attitude and outlook has changed, and, 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 and we should not be surprised at that. Um, we were uh, uh, reminded we're reminded that uh, we were promised a spiritual experience that's going to rearrange our attitude and outlook, and uh, that if we've done this right, if we've been careful about our about working the steps, if I have um, turned my life and will over to God's care, and and done the inventory and 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 uh, confessed the the my wrongs, and if I've made remedies and and uh, made uh, uh, restitution, that um, it's going to change me. That uh, it's going to rearrange me. That I'm going to have this spiritual experience that says that what becomes most important today isn't my uh, keeping up with the Joneses, and what becomes most important today isn't. Uh, how I look and, you know, uh, looking good and feeling good. What's most important today is that I have a relationship with a power greater than myself, that my, that I, that I've learned how to become Time, uh, r relational with this God. And that is the, 
that is the change that I look for and the change that's been promised here. Uh, not, not, uh, not that great riches will come to me. So with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Craig F. The line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared Thursday or Friday of last week, please step back and let others have their turn. And please say your name just once as it does help me to hear everybody. Who would like to share? Adriana T. Esther K. Colleen M. Rachel K. Linda D. I don't know. Nancy Z. Okay, let's stop there for a minute and I'll tell you who I did hear. Adriana T, Esther K, Pauline M, Rachel K, Linda D, and Nancy Z. Who did I miss, please? Lou B. Melissa Lou B. Okay, great. Thank you, everybody. I've got our lineup and two people to start the next lineup. So that's great. So Adriana T, could you start us off, please, followed by Esther K. Good morning, Adriana. Hi, this is Adriana T, a compulsive overeater in Michigan. Very grateful to be on the line today and grateful for your service, Lynn. Um, yeah, so... In my last two years of OA, I can definitely say that my attitude and outlook have has changed drastically. Um, before coming into the program, my biggest concern was just, how can I get through this day? How can I drag my body through another day of work? And, um, you know, just kind of use the food to uh, kind of cope with life and how I was reacting and acting on life. Um, and then just get home, do what I needed to do for my son and my family, the bare minimum, and then get into bed with my snacks and my iPad. And that was my life before program, all the while continuing to gain more weight and uh, not want to, you know, go out and do anything because I had no clothes. I was just kind of surviving. If And so to look at my life now, two years later, I just have such a sense of gratitude that, you know, God has totally rearranged my life. Like, I hardly ever have time to really watch any TV or watch my iPad. Um, and I really don't want to. Like, I enjoy my life now, being involved in relationships, taking time for prayer, being involved in my church. Um, I even enjoyed doing my food prep for the week. Like, I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, it's almost like kind of a sacred time, like, where, you know, kind of like the chopping wood and carrying water, like, (laughs) you know, I just, it's just part of the movement of my life now. And um, it's just such a more peaceful, beautiful way to live, this way of recovery where, I can walk down the street and not be afraid of who I'm going to encounter. 
I don't have to be ashamed of who I am. Um, the person I am at home is the person I am at work. The person I am in a meeting is the person I am at home. Um, there's not this duplicity. And so, yeah, that's just the amazing thing to be able to do. And when I fall short of my ideals, I'm just a phone call away from another and God to be able to get right on the path. So there's not really any room for any fear when you're living this way of life. So anyway, with that, I'll pass. Hope you all have a great day. Thank you, Adriana T. And Esther K., it's your turn. Good morning, Esther. Hi, good morning. Thank you so much for your service. This is Esther K. from Illinois. Um, recovered compulsive reader. I just um, wanted to comment on the fears would leave us. So there's no question now that um, fears have a way to um, be resolved. Meaning if before we would be afraid and be pushed to eat, to go to our addiction for comfort, now we have a way to resolve it. Um, If I have a fear, I know that God is in charge. I turn to him right away. I do my step 10. I see where, where I'm coming from and what I think. And then I connect to God. So I, um, I I like to hear when people say, you know, I don't have any more fears, but I feel like I'm still human and they are going to come, come up. But I have a way of solving it. I don't need to turn to my food anymore. I don't need to turn to my addiction. And, I, and the program tells me the way of dealing with anything that comes up. Because like I've heard it on the line, that we never get away from the fact that we're human. Human beings, fears do crop up, um, even after we've worked the program for years and years. And the beauty of it is that it teaches us exactly how to deal with it. It gives us a beautiful tool and refocuses us on the connection with God and the service for other people. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Esther Kay. Pauline M., it's your turn, followed by Rachel Kay. Please go ahead, Pauline. Hi, this is Colleen with a C um, from Maryland. Thank you for your service. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. I'll just, okay, I'll just use my one. Thank you. Um, I, I wanted to talk about, um, uh, get back to the Our whole attitude and outlook upon life will change. Um, I just am so, I woke up this morning in my prayer time and was just full of gratitude. And that's, that is God. I spent the first two years of in that abstinence just absolutely full of fear and resentment and, um, and pain. And um, like I've heard so many times on this line, I thought that the hardest thing was to put the food down the hardest thing has been to change my change period and god has done that in in this recovery program and um, by doing this work i spent the day with my family and my ex-husband and his wife yesterday and that was just such a pleasant experience and um 
there was no jealousy, there was no, there was just plain happiness for that we're all where we're supposed to be, living the life we're supposed to be living, and that is not me. That is definitely God. And um, as far as the financial fear, that is that is lifting as well. And uh, I'm just very grateful. So I wanted to just claim my seat and uh, thank you everyone out there that's teaching me how to be a better person. I'll pass. Thank you, Colleen M. Rachel K., it's your turn, followed by Linda D. Good morning, Rachel. Good morning. This is Rachel K., a uh, recovered compulsive overeater from Northern California. And yeah, I see these promises. They are promises, but there's all, they're also sort of like a, a progress report, you know, um, which I was always afraid of in school. To me, it was like, Okay, are you a good person or are you a bad person? No, this is about, um, you know, the, the big book talks about at, at an earlier part about how we try to make mortar without sand. Like, how are we doing so far? You know, is there something we need to go back and look at? So if I get to these promises, for me, if I get to these promises, um, and even, you know, when I pass step nine, I'm on 10, 11, and 12, and I notice, hey, you know what? I'm dealing with a lot of fear of economic insecurity. Personally, this is kind of what's going on for me. Um, okay, where where did I, where can I do some work? Am I not practicing step three? Um, have I left out an amends? Have I, you know, for me, it's all about turning it over and also step six and seven, being willing to let go of this character defect of fear of economic insecurity, you know, always grasping, always looking like, oh, am I going to have enough? Am I just going to have enough, 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 enough? And if, if I am still having that fear, then I need to go back and look at, okay, where, where did I leave something out? Or where do I need more work? Or where do I need to reconnect with my higher power and admit once again, God, I do not have this. I cannot manage this. You know, my life is unmanageable. Please take this from me, this fear of economic insecurity. You know, I have never gone hungry a day in my life. <laughs> um, I can say that for sure. And yet, you know, I still worry, am I going to have enough, enough money, enough time? And okay, if if that is still plaguing me even a little bit, then I need to do some work. I need to do some six and seven and, and uh, you know, humble myself and say, you know what, what I have is plenty. You know, what you have given me, God, is more than enough. Um, I get the same 24 hours as everybody else and I can pay my bills and whatever happens tomorrow is none of my business. So I, I love that these are promises, but they're also, um, for me, uh, you know, how we doing? How we doing? Where, where, you know, needs work or needs improvement, as it used to say on, on progress reports when we were in school, or at least when I was in school. So anyway, uh, thanks for letting me share. Rachel Kay in California, and I pass. Thank you, Rachel Kay. Linda D., it's your turn, followed by Nancy Z. Welcome, Linda. 
Hey, Lynn. Hi, everybody. It's Linda D. in Connecticut. God has such a sense of humor. I never knew that. Well, I didn't know God was real. Uh, I'm recovered in Connecticut. Wow. That's a wow. I got a gift, a tremendous gift. I woke up, and I didn't do it. It was done to me and for me and through me. And what am I going to do with it? And I'm doing uh, these two lines, which shouldn't be funny, but they actually are funny, only because um, my outlook and attitude has changed. By practicing these steps from this book with all of you and all the people before you, all the meetings, but especially visions. Um, I'm learning how to be human and humane and kind to myself. That's amazing. I, um, I'm thrilled with that. I have no idea how to be anything but try to be perfect so I'm good enough. Phooey. That's a polite way to say BS. Um, the thing of it is this. Uh, I'm human. Being human, I look out at the world and I go, oh, no, I'm not going out there. Uh-uh. Because I think fear is rampant. A lot of it's justified. And I don't know how to live. And... um but God knows how to show me how to live. I have to walk through it, whatever the it is. So um, I'm able to do that today because I know God is real, is infinite, and is within me. Me. Little me and little you and little everybody. This magnificent presence in the universe. And so I get to walk through a lot of stuff. Yes, it's scary, and so what? I keep going. I have a disease that will kill me, that sets me up for being a nervous wreck from the minute I was born, you know? It's a disease that doesn't stop ticking, tick, tick, tick. But God is a bigger tick, tick, tick. And I love God, and I love you, and best of all, I love me enough to save me and surrender. I pass. Thank you, Linda D. And Nancy Z, it's your turn. Please go ahead, Nancy. Good morning, everyone. This is Nancy, recovered compulsive eater bulimic in Indiana. Grateful to be here this morning. Um, I don't share very often on vision, but I just needed to share on this. Uh, the promises as a, in general, but this particular one, um, I was just sharing with someone yesterday that um, when I first came into the program and I read the promises, they were like, I couldn't even comprehend. Like, I, I much more identified with the bedevilments. I mean, that was my life. And um, as I've stuck around and I've heard the promises a hundred zillion times, it feels like, um, I see how they are coming true in my life. And, you know, I loved what someone said earlier about it. It's kind of like a, like a, Progress report, you know, I can look at those and see where am I at today with these. Um, the, this particular promise strikes me, the fear of people and economic insecurity will leave us. And I also, um, you know, understand that it doesn't mean economic insecurity or I'm going to make more money or I'm going to this or I'm going to that. And 
what I want to share on those two is, um, first of all, on the fear of people, before I came into the program, I, used, I would describe it as it was painful to be me. I, I was, I'm ex, was extremely introverted, um, shy, insecure, self-centered. You know, you couldn't have told me at that time it was self-centeredness. Um, that would have hurt my little feelings, but it was. I was so into me and so concerned about me all the time. And that has been transformed in my life. I can walk into groups of people, and it's not about me. I can be, um, uh, I can be someone. I, I, I don't have to stand out, or I don't have to hide. I can just be one of many today, and that's such a gift. Um, the fear of economic security. Uh, several years ago, I was in a very high-paying job, very important job, um, and I was let go of that job. And um, that whole time that I was in that job, I worried about money. I was responsible for the money in my family. Um, when I lost that job, it was the best thing in the world for me. You couldn't have told me at that time, but God was so working in my life. Um, and my the fear of economic insecurity was lifted from me. And I've never made as much as I've made in that job again, but I didn't fear. I just, I that was like one of those turning points in my life where I knew God was in charge. And I've been carried and I've been cared for, um, my family and I. Um, last thing I want to say is about the about the promises is I've been in this program a long time and I always thought I was the one that, I mean, somehow I felt I was responsible for the transforming. And this time around, I finally got it that my job is to show up, do the work, uh, be a member of Overeaters Anonymous, engaged, doing the daily work and maintenance, and God's in charge of the transformation. And when I got that, you know, life got a whole lot easier. So thank you for letting me share, and thank you for all your service, um, and I'll pass with that. Thank you. Thank you, Nancy Z. For those of us who might have come on the line a little later, we are on page 84 on the chapter Into Action. The sixth line, our whole attitude and outlook, reading two sentences, ending with economic insecurity will leave us. Uh, so the line is now open for sharing on what we just read. Although we value your experience, we ask that you limit your share to every third day so that others may share their experience too. So if you shared yesterday or the day before, please step back and let others have their turn. So I have Lou B and Melissa C in the lineup. And please say your name just once as it does help me hear everybody. Who else would like to share? Pete B. Rebecca A. Anyone else? Lauren N. Okay, let me tell you who our who our lineup is. I have Lou B, Melissa C, Pete B, Rebecca A, and Lauren N. Lou B, could you start us off, please? 
Yes, I can. This is Lou B, and I'm from Texas, recovered compulsive overeater and food addict. Um, um, okay, so the sentence that I, or the phrase, three words, <laughs> that uh, jumped out at me this morning were fear of people. So, um, you know, when I got to the rooms, I was so afraid of people in the sense of not not so much like being around them or interacting with them. I'm an extrovert. I've always been an extrovert. I was much more extroverted when I was younger, um, but I'm still pretty much an extrovert. I, gain, I get my energy from people. I love people, but I am or was completely terrified and paralyzed by their opinion of me. And um, so what that did when I was in my disease growing up and being a young adult is that I became a, a huge people pleaser and my value 100% came from what other people thought of me, either my parents or my um, spouse or my boss, um, my professors, my friends, everybody. And, and, and it, and it created in me a spirit of fear because I was constantly um, trying to make everybody think that I was wonderful, you know, not just, not just like me, but think that I was like the best friend that they've ever had and the best employee, you know, it was insanity. And today, through working these steps and through making my amends and looking at my part and keeping my side of the street clean and working with others and staying in conscious contact with my higher power, you know, I, I get the message loud and clear that my value comes 100% from God and um, that I am human and that there are going to be people who like me and people who don't like me. And none of that matters. None of that matters because what matters is that I am standing in the sunlight of the spirit, you know, and I'm happy, joyous, and free today because I don't have to be in the bondage of what what of that fear of people, you know, a fear of people and what they think of me. And so I'm so grateful to be here and um and I'm so grateful for these promises, you know, because the fear of people, although it hasn't left me completely, it is so much I'm so much more relieved of it today than than I've ever been in my life. And um, you know, my whole outlook really has changed. My whole outlook upon life has changed because I know that I'm in the palm of my higher power's hand and um, I'm being cared for and provided for and and that no matter what happens I'll have what I need and um, and that his will is being done in my life right now so I'm grateful to be a part of this meeting I'm glad to be able to share and thank you for hearing me Lynn and everybody have a great day thank you Lou B Melissa C it's your turn followed by Pete B good morning Melissa Good morning, Lynn. It's Melissa Samer, recovered compulsive overeater in New York. And, um, yeah, you know, I think, like, about my attitude and my outlook and how, um, you know, like everybody, I'm sure, like, when we first came in here, I had no idea that that my problem was my attitude and my outlook. <laughs> so I um, get the weight off and everything will be great. And, you know, and as we work the steps, I really, I found out I had a major attitude problem, and I needed a, an attitude adjustment, and I had this outlook on life that I always saw what other people were getting, you know, and I explained it um, 
you know, like this, I've sort of experienced my whole life, like, whatever piece of cake was put on my plate, my eyes were always beyond my plate and on yours, because mine wasn't enough. You know, that was my first experience really with food, that cake would be cut, and I knew my piece wasn't going to be enough. And that's just a metaphor, really, for how I experienced my life. That was my perspective. That was how I saw it. And, you know, and when you have that perspective, when you see things that way, when you perceive life that way, yeah, you're afraid of economic insecurity. You're afraid of, of all sorts of insecurity. It just doesn't have to be financial, but um, not getting enough time, not getting enough time to myself, not getting, you know, not getting enough attention. That was a huge one for me, not getting enough accolades, not getting enough. Um, and, you know, when I have this new perspective, this new perception, um, I'm not so concerned with, with me anymore. I mean, how the heck does that happen? But we really do become other-centered as a result of working these steps. When I walk into the room, the first thing in my mind very often is not, very often, sometimes it still is, but it's not, is there going to be enough for me? Is there, is, are people going to, you know, like me? Or, or am I going to get an opportunity to speak? Am I going to get this? Am I going to get that? But it's more um, looking really to be of service, looking to see how can I fit myself to be of maximum usefulness to other people. And, you know, that's transformation. That has, you know, that's just um, something so bigger. It, it's so clearly something that could never be done by me, you know, but it was done to me and it was done for me. And just the last thing real quick I want to say is that, you know, when I came in, I was hopeless, hopeless, and I went from this why me kind of feeling, like why me and poor me, to like mm, why not me, to lucky me, thank God me, you know, um, thanks without a pass. Thank you, Melissa C. Pete B., it's your turn, followed by Rebecca A. Welcome, Pete. Thanks, Lynn. Thanks for taking the meeting. My name is Pete B. I'm a compulsive overeater recovered today by God's grace and mercy, and I'm in Pennsylvania. You heard a lot of good things and a really good meeting for me. Like I, you know, I, I got to be honest. When I first darkened the doors of every any recovery room, when I heard, when I heard fear of people and of economic insecurity will leave us, my ears definitely perked up, right? Because, you know, years of living beyond my means, right? Years of of working today to pay for what I bought three days ago, right? Um, like like you know, years of uh, of living, you know, of, of borrowing from tomorrow to pay for today. You know, you build up a lot of, you know, just a, a lot of debt, you know, regular debt and emotional debt. And this idea that, wow, this is going to leave us. I was like, that's, that's, that's substantial. And, you know, in working this program and and uh, and being around for 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 for, for a, a period of time, you know, I have to recognize that you know there, there's no pixie dust or or you know magic that happens as a result of 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 this of what we're doing, right? This is not the things don't miraculously occur, right? If we're especially specifically where we're talking about, like we have we have we have reconciled our history, our past. 
We found out where we were wrong or what we did irresponsibly, and we put in place either a direct amends or a process for making an amends, right? A plan to, to, to repay, to compensate the people that we've shortened, right? And why wouldn't the fear go away? Why wouldn't it leave us, right? We've, we've, we've at least we, we've paid them off or in the process of paying them off, right? So, so that, that, that's just a natural result of doing this thing, right? Like to me, the magic was having the courage, the faith to put it down in black and white. Like for me, it was, I, you know, I was made it out. It was so gigantic, right? But until I, I was so big that I, I was intimidated of even making the list, right? And what this process has done is, is given me the courage and the faith to sit down in black and white and put in there what this is the horns. These are the things I did. Now I'm going to go out and resolve them, right? So yeah. Right, it's it, that that thing, that, that those fears, those concerns, that those worries, they left me. Right, but I'll tell you what: the moment I start living beyond my means, the moment I start acting irresponsibly, those fears will immediately come back because it's the it's it's the it's the proper function of fear. Right, I'm supposed to have fear when I'm faced with danger, and that's danger. Right, and what, what, like what, I, I love that I love what was shared earlier. A whole attitude and outlook upon life will change, and I, I, you know that like what other people thought just totally dominated me. Right, I, I it just completely dominated. I used to call myself a people pleaser too, but what it really was was I was a coward. Right, I was afraid to tell you what I thought because I was afraid of what was going to make you think about me. I'm afraid, I was afraid to tell you what I need because I was afraid of what you were going to think about me, right? That's just, that's just being a coward. That's just being a coward, right? My, my, I, I had, I had, I had to, to recognize like, I am a product of the highest power. I walk with pride and dignity and feel and think and be the way that that God would have me be. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you again. Thank you, Pete B. Rebecca A., it's your turn, followed by Lauren N. Please go ahead, Rebecca. Hi there. I'm Rebecca A., compulsive overeater from the UK. Really grateful to be with everybody and listening to these awesome shares. Um, Yeah, you know, um, I, I think it's been summed up so beautifully, but, like, yeah, my direction today comes from my higher power, you know, um, and it doesn't come from my fears that is the biggest attitude change. That's the biggest change because I was so dominated by my fears, by kind of hidden desires, hidden drives. Um, and today, like, what miracle. Getting to pause or getting to be like, this doesn't feel like flow. This doesn't feel right. Oh, have I asked my higher power? Oh, no, I haven't. That's what I need to do. Big, big attitude change for me. And, yeah, today, knowing what was beautifully shared earlier that my value comes from god my value comes from my higher power not money or materials and not what people think of me yeah that dominated my life and oh my goodness yeah i was a coward i was a coward i thought i was a people pleaser but i was a super coward because yeah i I wanted to you know be what everybody thought of me I wanted to know that was my business not what my higher power wanted of me but you know these promises you know are so true because when I focus on fitting myself to be of maximum service 
then I'm useful. And when I'm useful to the people around me, when I'm useful to my higher power, why would I fear economic insecurity? When I'm useful, everything flows my way, you know, everything I need. Um, When I'm useful and I'm doing my higher power's work, why wouldn't my loving higher power give me the things that I need? Why wouldn't it? It just doesn't even make sense. Um, But yeah, so that's my focus today. And that is the biggest shift for me, fitting myself with maximum service to God and the people about me. Um, But yeah, you know, I'm moving house and it's a big kind of financial change. But like, you know, it comes and goes the fear. But like, you know, yeah, why wouldn't my higher power um, look after me when I'm just fitting myself to be of maximum service? Um, So yeah, the fear goes away. And yeah, with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Rebecca A. Lauren N., it's your turn. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Lynn. This is Lauren N., compulsive overeater sugar addict from New York. Can you hear me fine? I guess you can. Thank you, Lynn. Um, Fear of economic insecurity will leave us. Wow. Um, I absolutely walked around every day feeling like I would never have enough of anything. Never have enough food. Never have enough money. Never have enough space. Never be enough. Anything. And... Today, I live in a smaller place than I ever have, and I know I have enough of everything. Thank God for that. The fear of economic insecurity has left. The fear of people, the fear of places has left me, and I am living today in a new reality, a reality that is filled with positive and service and help for others. And I can only say I'm so thankful for everybody on this line for giving me that security. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Lauren N. Okay, we have time for two or three more shares. So if you didn't share on Thursday or Friday of last week and would like to now, uh, please, sorry, please take this time. Is there anybody who would like to share? And please say your name just once. It does help me hear everybody. Judith R. Anyone else? Leslie W. Cindy B. Great. Let's start with that and see how we do. Judith R., it's your turn, followed by Leslie W. Please go ahead, Judith. Press star one to unmute. Thank you, Lynn. This is Judith R. in Brattleboro, Vermont, gratefully recovered compulsive overeater. It's occurring to me that when 
I thought someone didn't like me or when I was afraid someone wouldn't like me, my fear was that there was something wrong with me, that they didn't like me. And I finally realized that, you know, I might remind that person of old Aunt Harriet who was mean to her when she was a kid. Who knows why that person may not like me? And it doesn't matter doesn't matter anymore. It's not a popularity contest. With that, I pass. Thanks. Thank you very much, Judith R. Leslie W., it's your turn, followed by Cindy B. Good morning, Leslie. Hey, good morning. Thank you for your service, Lynn. This is Leslie W. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Tennessee. And um, this one's a biggie for me, fear of people. Um, you know, I, I never realized it, but I've been afraid of people my whole life. Um, you know, I'm over five years abstinent and recovered in this, in this program. And it's, it still gets me. I still get that feeling on the inside when I'm around someone or when somebody asks me to do something. Um, and my first thought is, is I got to do it. I got to do it. What am I going to do? How am I going to behave? I'm always like thinking about like my default is to behave in a way that will gain their affirmation and their approval and their validation. That's how I've lived my whole life. But in recovery, I'm not going to lie, even in recovery, even after years of abstinence, that's a lot of times still my first thought. I mean, it's not all, it's not all completely turned around for me yet. This way of living, that, that fear was so, fear of other people was, has been so ingrained and so strong in me that it, it just takes a lot of time to unravel. So I'm patient with myself, you know, and I let God guide me. And the blessing of recovery and abstinence is Yes, that may be my first thought, but then my second thought is, what would God have me to do here? And so I have a different reaction. I might say, let me pray about it, right? Let me take it to God, and let me just see what he wants me to do. And that is a huge shift. Or I might just be silent. I might be silent. And Realizing that I don't have to respond right away to every phone call or every text or do everything that is asked of me all the time because I now have a new employer and it's not other people. Other people are not my God. Sometimes I have to repeat my step to myself day in and day out. But I'm willing to do that for as long as it takes. So progress, not perfection. With that, I pass. Thank you, Leslie W. Cindy B., it's your turn. Welcome, Cindy. Hi, this is Cindy B. Am, am I being heard? Yes, thank you. Okay, thank you. Um, I'm Cindy B. from the Boston area, um, grateful, recovering, bulimic, and um, overeater. Um, so, um, you know, all of, these, uh, all of these promises, you know, come after the ninth step. And after uh, my amends, and you know, I really think that ninth step is 
the one that um, I got the most uh, caught, you know, uh, that caught me up the most. It took me the longest time to really actually get all my amends done. And so a lot of these promises came um, later for me. And, um, you know, my whole attitude and outlook upon life was I'm a victim. Um, And, you know, a lot of self-pity. People are doing things to me. Um, You know, I couldn't believe how much dishonesty I had. Um, and, And I realized that a lot of my dishonesty was actually really tied up with the fear of other people that um, I couldn't, you know, I'd have to lie about things or I'd have to fudge the truth because I was afraid of what they would think. Um, You know, very, very hard to just really be myself. And um, and then, um, you know, also my outlook on life, you know, when I was bulimic um, was that um, that it's just going to always be the same. I'll wake up and I'll think I'm not going to do it today and I do it. And so my whole outlook on life at that time was just, it's just going to, I'm never getting out of this and I'm just going to die, you know, wretched, you know. And um, and so, um, you know, by going through the steps, you know, looking at my fears in the fourth step and, you know, most of my fears really were around people and around, you know, trying to prove something about myself to other people. Um, and um and so you know by doing these steps by you know by turning my will and my life over to a power greater than myself i you know my attitude now is i'm an agent for my higher power and that my life is turned over and whatever comes to me whether it's money or friends or or even um uncomfortable situations with people they're all things for me to grow and it's like things happen for me, not to me. And um, and that I I try and be grateful. My attitude is one of gratitude more. I like just being grateful. Thank you, God, whatever that is, even though I may not really love it right now. Thank you for that because that's going to help me grow. And that's what I need right now. And um, so that I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Cindy B. Uh, thank you to everyone who shared, and thank you to Team Monday. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. And the share ID for this morning, Monday, September 13th, the 7 a.m. meeting, is 17734. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Nessa R., would you please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. With pleasure. Good morning. This is Nessa R. I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously, you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. 
May God bless you and keep you. Until then. <laughs>